It's Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Episode 32 of the Sports Wagon Podcast begins now. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. It's your man, Uncle Dub, back at you with another episode. What a great Thursday night for sports. I cannot believe, I don't think I could have timed this any better. So I was going to record, you know, uh, yesterday, um, really felt like recording. And then I, I got an opportunity to sit down and, and talk some sports here. And we have quite a busy week that we've had pass us. We've got a busy night and the weekend is going to be pretty busy too. Um, so let's start briefly with the week. Um, so last weekend, the Kentucky Derby ran, uh, this past Saturday. So in 2020, we will not have a triple crown winner. Tis the law who won the Belmont stakes. I'm sorry. The, yeah, the Belmont stakes, which was run in June, which I missed, which I thought it was some kind of error on the television when it goes Belmont stakes live. And I go, that can't be, that can't be true, but got under my radar. But tis the law trying to um, at least go two for two for two in the Triple Crown did not authentic uh, won the Kentucky Derby. So uh, that allowed Bob Baffert, his uh, the horse's trainer, to now be tied for the most wins by a trainer at the Kentucky Derby. So no Triple Crown winner this year. We'll move on to the Preakness in October. So this October 3rd in Baltimore. And we'll see who comes up uh, as the, the, the horse of choice in that race. Um, then of course, um, we had some college football start last week. So I made a pick. Um, I picked Navy over BYU. I think Navy, um, I'm sorry, BYU was one and a half point favorite. Well, BYU <laughs> smash Navy, um, a lot going on with the, the midshipmen. They, um, hadn't tackled, you know, done live tackling in a number of days. BYU's offensive line was just fantastic. They just ran, uh, the Navy defense on the line just off the ball every time, and they just um, had a, a fantastic game. So I'm on one of my picks. You know, big whoop de doo. It's just picks. Um, you know, I, and and I, f- I don't feel too bad because a lot of the experts pick Navy. So eh, whatever. Um, but nevertheless, um, with uh, week two coming up in college football, um, you know, this week, like last week, not terribly exciting. The the matchups, the very good matchups, there are very few of uh, the ACC ramps up this week. Um, so right now, um, actually just started about 15 minutes ago, uh, UAB in a non-conference game visits Coral Gables. I'm sorry, Miami Gardens, rather, <laughs> to uh, take on uh, the Miami Hurricanes. Miami is a 16-point favorite in this game. Um, this is a big year for Miami. Um, their uh, coach, Manny Diaz, he is on the hot seat. Has not, uh, his, you know, his coaching tenure has not lived up quite to the expectations of the fans and, of course, Miami's storied alumni base. So, and this is not a good year for coaches in college football who are basically uh, trying to rebound and, you know, kind of make their season, turn their seasons around. Um, now, as you remember, with all the changes with COVID, the ACC changed our format. So instead of having divisional play and the division champions will meet in the ACC championship game, what's going to happen here is all the teams will play each other. So it's every team for themselves. The top two teams in conference play will play in the championship game. So most people, including myself, are basically saying Clemson is going to be the team to beat. And they typically are. If we're playing divisional play, the team in the Coastal Division who wins usually, unless they play Clemson during the regular season, usually won't get to see Clemson until the championship game. So this year, 
Clemson's playing. Obviously, Clemson will be the team to beat. Everyone's trying to um, measure up to. But then Notre Dame, who, as I I think I mentioned a few episodes ago, Notre Dame as a partial member of football, they will fully participate in football this year. So right now, the experts are predicting that it's going to be Clemson and Notre Dame playing for the ACC championship game. And, and, and for my money, if those two teams met, I would put my money on Clemson. I mean, again, it's Notre Dame. They're a good team. They've got Ian Book coming back. He's a Heisman Trophy uh, candidate, or, or at least a lot of folks think he has a good chance to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, but when you look at Clemson, Clemson just – they just find a way to keep the talent, and they don't lose a lot of talent, but they – well, what they do lose, they manage to – you know, refresh the um, refresh the roster. So, and of course, you got Trevor Lawrence, who as a starter has only lost one game. That was the championship game, the college football championship game last year. That's hard to bet against when you have that kind of talent. So, uh, Miami's playing tonight. Uh, as far as some other games of note, so uh, four games I have listed here. Uh, Syracuse goes to Chapel Hill to play North Carolina. North Carolina ranked 18th. Carolina are 23-point favorites in this game. Another coach who was on the hot seat, Dino Babers from Syracuse. Uh, two seasons ago, Syracuse was, you know, you would kind of say they're dead in the water. They had a fantastic season. Last year, people thought Syracuse, this is their year. They're really going to make some noise in the Atlantic Division. And the season was an absolute disaster. So Dino Babers is on hot seat. And again, this the way the scheduling is set up, it doesn't really favor unless team comes out firing on all cylinders and manages to make this make this a season. It doesn't favor the team nor his chances of potentially uh, keeping this job. But again, we will kind of keep an eye on Syracuse. But I have a good feeling North Carolina is going to win this game. I wouldn't say handily. I don't think handily. But as a 23 point favorite, I mean, anything's anything's bound to happen. The ACC. I feel from football conference standpoint is usually a little bit wild and crazy stuff happens all the time. But if there's a team that you think will finish behind Notre Dame would probably be North Carolina, considering the season they had last year and Mac Brown's first year behind Sam Howell. I mean, the sky's the limit for this team and their recruiting was off the charts this past year. So they've got a lot of talent coming in. They got a lot of talent coming back. North Carolina could potentially make some noise in this one. So it's a team that you should watch. Um, Duke. Duke has the unfortunate job of having to go to go to South Bend to play Notre Dame, 10th ranked Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a 20-point favorite. I think it's pretty safe to say Notre Dame's probably going to win this game fairly handily. Um, and then, of course, the college football primetime game on ABC will be Clemson at Wake Forest. So college game day will be in Winston-Salem for this. Clemson's a 33-point favorite. Again, you know, it's hard to bet against Clemson. Not nothing to, not taking anything away from Wake Forest. Wake has a good team. They're well coached by Dave Clawson. But, I mean, come on. It's Clemson. I mean, enough said. We've already a lot, uh, given Clemson all of the uh, 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 applause and, and, laud, and lauds right now. Um, one other game that seems interesting in uh, Army last week, um, Army looked really good. Now, Navy got destroyed at home by BYU. Nate Army looked fantastic. And both teams run a similar offense, but Army is at home. 
at West Point at Mickey Stadium. They'll take on uh, Louisiana Monroe. They are 21-point favorites. Again, Army's a team to watch. I think last year they ended up break into the top 25. I mean, there's a you know good chance they could do that again. So, and, and then you probably would think, well, you have to look at their schedule. I mean, again, with all the changes and upheaval in college sports, a lot of these team schedules had to change and switch up in order to kind of uh, accommodate for the teams who could play a full season. Um, tonight, currently, the U.S. Open women's, women's semifinals are going on right now. Jennifer Brady and Naomi Osaka are currently playing. Uh, Osaka is up one set. She won first set in a tiebreaker 7-6. They are currently in the fourth game of the second set, tied at 40-40. And Jennifer Brady has a 2-1 lead. So it's it's probably, I think this this match is going to be, is currently building up the way I think many people thought it would, would be. Osaka, uh, former champion here at the U.S. Open, um, uh, Jennifer Brady is a up and coming American. She's the name that everyone's been watching in this tournament. So not a lot of people thought she would, you know, be here in the semifinals. But no matter what happens, if she wins tonight, if she goes to the finals and lose, whatever happens, that will really push her uh, ranking up uh, in the WTA. And of course, you can expect to see her at the French Open, which will start on the 21st of September. So quick turnaround between New York and they'll head overseas to play in the last um, major of the year. So that'd be the French Open. Um, so Serena Williams will play uh, Victoria Azarenka at nine o'clock or at the conclusion of this match. So uh, it's 823 now. So, I mean, you figure um, probably about 20 to 30 minutes at the after the conclusion of this match. We'll see Serena Williams in her quest for uh, to uh, move closer to the all time. Uh, majors record. So she needs to win two. She needs one to tie Margaret Court and she needs one to break the record. So um, I put a poll on Twitter a few days ago asking who had the better chance of breaking the majors record in their respective sport. And not a lot of votes, but 75% were for Serena versus Serena versus Tiger Woods. And Oddly enough, Tiger Woods is actually not far from from golf's majors record. Actually, I think the numbers are the same. Tiger currently stands at 15. The record is 18. So with the week coming, the next major in golf will start next Thursday. That will be the U.S. Open. So they'll be at, uh, I believe, at winged foot uh, in, in outside of New York City. And again, Tiger has his chances, but again, his putting has been the issue. He hasn't been hitting the ball terribly well. So there's a lot of things going on that's kind of precluding Tiger from kind of reaching that mark. 18 held by Jack Nicholas, and then to pass him would be 19. But you look at both of their careers and you look at Serena. The only thing that has really change with Serena was motherhood. So she took some time off to have her daughter. Um, and she talked about the, um, you know, the, the, the problems that came along with that, you know, she, you know, potentially could have lost her life giving birth to her daughter. So outside of that, it was just kind of a, a, a time to get back into the flow, into the swing of playing tennis. And she's had some good matches. She's played some really 
tough opponent. She just hasn't had quite the mojo, but she looks like she's back uh, for the most part on top of her game. So we'll see how she plays tonight against Victoria Azarenka. And it'd be interesting to see how this will play out. play out. The women's final will be on Saturday. Typically they play Saturday afternoon about four or five o'clock. Um, and I don't know, I, I have to check the schedule because uh, with the way, you know, with, with so little sports now, uh, they'll probably, you know, it's, uh, in, I think the final is usually is ESPN, I think will be on, on uh, that network. So I think what will end up happening is they may have it a little closer to maybe prime time, maybe six or seven ish. But we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, also, the NFL starts tonight. So the Texans visit the uh, defending champions, the Chiefs. And that game, I think, has just kicked off in the, in the next few minutes. And a few, a few minutes ago, at 820, um, I put a poll on Twitter to ask who you got. So I'm going to kind of check those results in just a moment. Um, kind of going back to college football for just a quick second here. Um, as I mentioned, week two is starting this weekend. As we go through to week three and week four, the schedule starts to get a little bit better. There are a few decent games in week three. I'll kind of talk about those on the next uh, episode. But by the time we get to week four, we're starting off with the play from the SEC. And the games that the SEC will kick off with look fairly good. Um, on paper, these matchups don't look that great. But I suspect that these early matchups will probably give us some pretty good games. And then, as you know, as the SEC schedule starts to build, we'll start to see some of those more classic matchups that we tend to like. But of course, you know, we got to wait till probably later in the season. I haven't really looked at the SEC schedule, but if things are kind of holding true, you would suspect that towards the end of the season, you would get your traditional rivalry game. So, for example, the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn. Uh, and the like. So again, it's, you know, college football, you know, without the Pac-12, without the Big Ten, you know, ACC, SEC are still moving forward. Some independents and other conferences are still moving forward, but they're trying to make it um, the best they can um, considering everything that's going on. Um, lastly, the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Lakers and Rockets are currently playing. I'll check the score on that in just a moment. Uh, Friday night, Here's where it gets fun. Clippers and Nuggets, 3-1. So they'll be going to game five. And, of course, the game seven, the Celtics and Raptors. The Raptors, my God. Talk about just coming back from the dead on multiple occasions. The Raptors came with it last night, and now they forced a game seven. So it's basically do or die for both teams for the right to play Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. What an interesting Eastern Conference. This is Eastern Conference uh, uh, scene. This has been uh, in these in these bubble playoffs. And to those who are, well, this isn't a legitimate title. No, keep that comment to yourself. This title, whoever wins it, is going to be as legitimate. I would say much more legitimate because, again, I just really enjoyed this bubble play. It's been so fun to watch. It's been entertaining. Again, I said when it started to me, it just felt like, you know, you show up to the gym, you know, on a regular day, you're just ready to just the ball out. And and that's really what these guys have been doing. I mean, they would have done it in front of 20,000 people in their home arenas, but this just had a much different feel to it. And I just thoroughly enjoy it. I'm still enjoying it. So I can't wait until we get to the conference finals. And then, of course, to the NBA finals. 
that's going to be fun. Now, I did say the Milwaukee Bucks were going to be in it. Well, you know, again, I can't I can't get them all right, but um, but I don't know. Uh, Celtics and and Raptors. I, I don't know. I have a feeling the Raptors are going to make it a game, and in other words, I have a feeling the Raptors might push through. I'm liking the Celtics. I am. I'm liking the Celtics. I'm, I'm liking um, how they're looking. You know, Marcus Smart is really stepping up his game. Um, and of course, you know, Jason Tatum, he hasn't had fantastic games, but he's managed to do some great things to kind of keep the Celtics either you know, pushing them towards a win or keeping them in the game. Um, although the Raptors essentially uh, came, as I said, came back from the dead on several occasions to 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 uh, win the game last night. All right. So when I come back, I'll tackle a couple issues, uh, some news, some notes and a couple issues from today's news that are uh, that's interesting as of right now. All right. And back from the break. So a couple of items here. So first of all, this is breaking. So this is breaking as of about an hour ago. So the Miami Dolphins uh, in response to the. Uh, NFL's changes to the pregame. So if you heard the NFL at the beginning of every game will sing or have performed lift every voice and sing. So as we know, the black national anthem and the national anthem of, you know, the star, the star spangled banner, um, the Miami dolphins released a video saying that they have decided to stay inside during both national anthems during the season. And essentially their message is simple that uh, I believe the quote was that they are essentially um, they don't want the fluff that the NFL is presenting. Um, so I'm reading this from the ESPN article, quote, this attempt to unify only creates more divide. So we'll skip the song and dance. And as a team, we'll stay inside. So this is from several Dolphin players uh, from a video that's two minutes and 17 seconds uh, that was issued today. Uh, further with the quote, we need ch- we need changed hearts, not just a response to pressure enough. No more fluff and empty gestures. We need owners with influence and pockets bigger than ours to call up officials and flex polit- political power in quote. Um, so in the video, there were both players who are black and white who spoke up about a number of things. Prison reform, uh, justice against pr- police brutality. Um, and they and they wanted more owners to get involved in change. OK, um, <clears throat> so uh, Bobby McCain said, quote, we don't need another publicity parade. If you speak up for change, I'll shut up and play. And I think that's a very poignant statement that what are we doing here again? You know, it's nothing for. The NFL, who I still feel like is not doing enough. I think the NFL, everything they're saying is just empty gestures and platitudes because Roger Goodell, in my opinion, he's the worst commissioner this league's ever had. I think everything he does, I don't believe him. Um, the CTE stuff, he messed up. Um, Colin Kaepernick, he was totally wrong. So essentially, I'm basically like this. Whatever the NFL saying, you know, I'm not buying it. So these platitudes to, well, we're going to do these things along the national anthem. You still have a, a, a stadium full of fans who basically want to tell these black players, I don't care what you think politically. I just want you to shut up and play. And no, that's not how this works. But on the flip side, you want to cram your political ideology down someone's throat. That's not how this works. It's equal time. At least that's the way it's supposed to be. 
So if I got to hear your garbage, then you got to hear my side. But since we're not willing to listen to each other, then I think what the what the Miami Dolphins did is fantastic. I'm all for it and more power to them. They're going to catch hell for it, but it is what it is. I think if you're willing to stand up to get more out of these owners, because, again, as as was eloquently said, these owners have more money and more power. They know who to talk to to get what they want. So if we have to do that, then that's what we have to do. Um, quick update. Uh, we're in the I think it's in the, the first half here. Um, Lakers are up 57 to 41 uh, as we get begin to start the uh, second half in the uh, game between the Lakers and the Rockets game four. Uh, and the Rockets are starting with the basketball uh, as we begin the third quarter down by 16. So this is going to be an interesting second half for the for the Rockets here. Um, a couple other things here. Um, first time for everything. I've never talked NASCAR on the show. I think I may have talked a little bit about Bubba Wallace, but never in any length or length of time. But Bubba Wallace, he announced on social media today that he is leaving Richard Petty Motorsports at the end of the season. Um, Richard Petty, uh, as we know, or, or if you follow NASCAR or, or understand or know anything about NASCAR, Richard Petty is considered the king of NASCAR. Um, you know, as I was growing up, you know, I didn't watch a lot of NASCAR. wasn't really interested. Um, I watched a lot more IndyCar as I got a little older. Um, I watched um, uh, some Grand Prix racing. I had a, a good friend of mine, um, you know, guy rest his soul. He would joke about the difference between NASCAR and um, open wheel racing. And he said, you know, you know, anybody can trade paint and, and cause an accident. But when you open wheel race, that's real racing, because if you want to trade some paint in IndyCar, you're going to end up killing yourself and a whole bunch of other people. So but nevertheless, you know, whatever type of racing, these guys uh, have a skill. They do something that's very dangerous. They do something that, you know, I could never do. But you have to give them a lot of credit. But as I was growing up, uh, you know, Richard Petty had this, you know, very, you know, they like said they call him the king of NASCAR. He had this very larger than life um, uh, uh, attitude, larger than life uh, appearance. Um, but he is the team owner. And I was very surprised to see how supportive he was of Bubba Wallace uh, with everything that happened with him. Um, you know, kind of backed him on the uh, his stance on the Confederate flag in the sport. And then, of course, NASCAR turned around and banned the Confederate flag from all events, which was a shock to me. I was not expecting that. And of course, as you know, there was the backlash. And, you know, it's funny when someone has this very passionate, you know, feeling about the Confederate flag. You know, the way I think about it these days is that says more about them than it does about the flag. Because, again, if you don't understand not just what the flag stands for, not just from a racial standpoint, but from a historical standpoint, I think that's the thing is like we, we talk about what what that invokes in us as black people, but what people fail to recognize is that has a historical aspect to it, that that is literally the flag of traitors. So not only are you angry about this flag that, you know, evokes so much that, that generates so much emotion, but, you know, and then at the same time, you're so America, but yet you still 
are so dependent on the flag of a group of traitors. That doesn't make a lick of sense to me. It, 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 it's so the stance is so hypocritical. It's laughable. And uh, but again, I I, cre- I really give Richard Petty a lot of credit. And then, of course, there was the situation with the noose. And then, of course, that went to a big thing because the FBI investigated, you know, it wasn't the noose. And then, you know, and then all that broke loose. And then, of course, you know, you know, Orange Dum Dum had to had to have his two cents as he has to have his two cents about everything that doesn't concern him or have his two cents about stuff that, again, don't you have bigger things to worry about? Why don't you actually run the country since that's what some of these people who think you're brilliant elected you to do? But I digress on that. But again, um, currently, um, what I understand is there are no teams currently who are um, actively looking for drivers. So it's going to be, you know, hard to say, um, you know, where what he's going to do, where he's going to go. But um, for him being the lone black driver in NASCAR, um, you know, he, he's endured a lot. He's done a lot. And you, ha- I give him a lot of credit and I applaud him again. I know I'm not a NASCAR guy, but, you know, to do what he does in those conditions and to be the only black driver and then. He got a lot of support with everything going on. And that was the other thing I like to see. I mean, when I saw how NASCAR embraced him, uh, it, I forget what race they're at. And he came and they, they all helped to push his car um, down pit row. I actually got a little misty. That really said a lot considering, you know, NASCAR has had, you know, a reputation. You know, I, I don't know very many black people in the NASCAR, but um, I've met a few, <laughs> but um, it's. It says so much to me when his fellow drivers, you know, looked out for him and helped him out and, and did all that. So uh, it's, um, you know, uh, all the best to uh, Bubba Wallace as he moves on to whatever his next endeavor may be. Now, here's something real quick. Maybe he might end up in IndyCar. I don't know. That'd be cool. I, I would like to see that. I haven't watched the IndyCar race in a while, but that would be cool if he ends up in IndyCar. But we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, one other note, um, GOP leaders from 10 states wrote a letter to the Big Ten commissioner, um, league presidents and chancellors urging a reconsideration of their decision to cancel football. It goes to uh, my last mini episode where, you know, I kind of take those comments and apply them to um, uh, from the comments from the the regime on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue to these people. Don't you have anything better to do? Okay, you're worried about football. You're in states where people are suffering from COVID. You're in states where healthcare workers are not getting their proper uh, equipment. They're not they're they're not getting proper overtime pay. You've got families who are struggling. And this is the problem you want to address again. What is wrong with you? So. I say this, I'll say this now, it's September, and I'll say it again until we get to where we got to go. Vote. Vote and vote and use the power that you have, because, again, this is getting out of hand. I mean, this is where you spend your time. You want to spend your time worried about the fact that, you know, these young people are not playing football. I get it. It's not an easy decision. You, I want to see these guys play football, but would you rather they play football or die? I have a feeling that these GOP leaders would rather watch these guys die. I'm not saying they're going to go out and spread COVID everywhere, but you don't know where they've been. 
Um, this disease, as I've said before, doesn't manifest itself in an outward way that you know who's infected. So let's let's take the long view here. Let's be safe and so- let's be more safe than sorry. But anyway, um, again, I, I find it interesting that, you know, people are in need and this is where their politicians want to spend their time. And I think it is absolutely disgusting. Um, the last thing I want to address today is the situation that occurred today on Fox Sports. So I'm not a Fox Sports watcher because, you know, until a few months ago, they were, in my opinion, the home of the Trinity of ignorance. So you had Jason Whitlock, who now I'm glad that man's out of a job. If I understand, I don't think his show comes on anymore and I couldn't be happier because you want to talk about somebody who likes to tap dance for the man. There you go. Um, but then they're still home to one Colin Cowherd, who I think is the biggest blowhard in sports television. I mean, says a lot about nothing. And of course, everyone's favorite blowhard, Skip Bayless. So Skip and Shannon today were talking about uh, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott did an interview where he talked about um, he sought help for depression. And in seeking that help, he talked about, you know, the loss of his brother, the loss of his mother to cancer and just how all these events just really changed him. It, you know, he said that he didn't have the motivation to get up and work out or just do anything. And so he sought help for that. And he talked about it. And of course, and 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 and, and in true fashion, Skip Bayless begins his comments by, you know, if you want to criticize me, then go and criticize me. Okay, here's a here's a tip. If you have to start your comments with those words, I don't think you want to say what you got to say. You might as well just leave it to yourself. Just just tuck it away in the back of your mind. If you're going to tweet it, leave it in the drafts. Maybe a week from now, delete it. Don't say it. But he goes on to basically say that he feels like Dak Prescott, as the leader of the Dallas Cowboys, the quarterback, was essentially weak for for telling people that he went to get therapy. (sighs) Shannon tried his very best to explain to him the thing that I think black men and black people in general try to express all the time that, you know, when you're black in America, and I learned this long time ago from my parents, you know, and I never understood it. And then one day it made sense, but it's like, you always have to work that much harder for people to kind of recognize that you know what you're doing or you're smart. And Dak, I don't care if he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, if he's the the bus pool supervisor, if he's the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I don't care. But when you start to feel depressed, it affects you. We've all been there. Maybe some of us have had minor, mild depression. Some of us have had you know severe depression. I've, I've been depressed and it takes a toll on you. It makes you feel different. You do things differently. And, and, and when you're talking about doing your job, so here's a guy who's black quarterback. He's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, already he's under scrutiny every day. What happens if he just decided I'm going to shrug it off and go out here and play football? And maybe football isn't doing it for him. It isn't helping him. 
Do you think his performance is going to be good? You think he's going to be good? No. And then what happens? Here comes the criticism. Here comes the, you know, the, the, there are still people in this world who don't think black men can play quarterback. So there you go. So number one, he's doing what he needs to do for himself to make himself feel better, to get to a point where he can wake up in the morning and he wants to play football. He wants to be with his teammates. He wants to lead his team. Number one. Number two, by doing that, the end goal, not the primary goal, the end goal is to make himself better so he can go on the field and do his job because again he's already being scrutinized so he has to go out and do that thing he has to do it 10 times better so people will leave him the hell alone so the criticism can be minuscule but that is a microcosm of being black in america the microcosm that you know we've got to go all out just so it doesn't appear that we don't know what we're doing. We got to go all out just to look good because no matter what we do, we're going to get criticized. But the other issue with that, and this is a good thing, that when people go through things like that, sharing your story, you don't know who you're going to help, who you're going to touch. He might have a teammate in that locker room who's having the very same problem. They're feeling some kind of way. Maybe they're hiding it. Maybe they're they're doing other things to try to make themselves feel better. They're still playing football, but they're not dealing with that problem. And they'll say, well, damn, Dak went and did that thing. He got help. He talked to somebody. Look at him. He's feeling good. He's out here leading this team. He's playing good football because I think Cowboys fans, I think that's what you want. I think you want your, your, your quarterback to play good football. And so y'all going to Super Bowl. Call me crazy. But not only that, think about all of the people, the young people, football players and just fans who look up to him and he's human. On top of all this, he's human. Why would you say that he's weak because he got help? It's like. There are about of all the sports fans out here. I want to believe that about 90 percent of sports fans just hear Skip Bayless and think he's the biggest idiot on television. He's such an idiot. It's like, why would you say that? I mean, are you that dumb or is the money that good or is it a combination of the two? Because the stuff he says sometimes, I mean, his his, you know, his. um what am I trying to say? Just when he talks about players and teams, I'm just like, are you watching the games or someone telling you about it? And you're just lying down to sleep. It's like, he's so dumb, but the people that Dak will impact by telling his story, that's the other piece. And I think what Dak Prescott, I really applaud him for doing that for sharing his story, because there are people who need to hear that, especially, again, black folks, because, again, you know, we're taught to believe that, oh, you don't get therapy. You do other stuff or you don't talk about your problems. No, you talk about your problems, because trust me, I've had a little bit of therapy. I've talked to people. I've had issues. I've had things that have been on my mind and, you know, work stuff or, you know, personal, interpersonal things. And 
when you talk to somebody, you get a different perspective because sometimes, you know, you can talk to your parents, you can talk to relatives or friends, but sometimes there are things that either you don't want someone to really know what's going on, what you're going through, or you just kind of want to get a fresh perspective because sometimes, you know, the people we love, sometimes they will, you know, there are people we love that are deadly honest with us and we need that. But sometimes in some situations, we just need a fresh voice to come up with another way for us to go. And that I think is key. But Dak Prescott, thank you so much. Whatever Skip Bayless says, I'm sure he's probably not hearing it. He could care less. I know I could, but that is the one thing on Twitter I could have done without today. Just, just that level of ignorance. And I just don't understand how anybody watches that. I mean, Shannon Sharp is like, the guy they should just let shannon talk and tell skip to go do something else go play checkers are you even good at that because again his takes on sports are the absolute worst and if there's anybody who thinks skip bayless is good at what he does get your head examined because the man doesn't have a freaking clue all right so with that Again, as always, I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, questions, comments. My poll didn't go very well. I didn't get any answers, but I mean, no big whoop. I mean, again, I am not the NFL guy anymore. Um, quick update on a couple things. Lakers are up pretty big on the Rockets right now. It's 76.59 currently. Um, the U.S. Open, I got to flip back, but I mean, I'm kind of between uh, two TVs. I kind of wish I had a, a back button on this television, but you know, you get a big TV and you know, you, you think you're getting all these bells and whistles, but the TV's so big, I can see it halfway across the room. Um, Brady and Osaka are in the third set. So they are split. Uh, Brady wins the second set 6-3. They are 1-1 in the third. And Naomi Osaka is currently leading and just won the set, I believe. So Osaka's leading 2-1 in the third set. All right. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Please please check back um, one episode. So I did a mini episode last week or early part of the week. Uh, Check in on that. I'll be trying to do some more. I'll be trying to do more of those episodes um, as things pop into my mind. I mean, I talked about a lot of stuff tonight, but I feel like from this, something will pop in my head. They'll say, Hey, I need to expand on this thing. And, you know, as you know, when it happens, you'll see it on Twitter first. Thank you. See you. Have a good one. Enjoy tonight and enjoy the weekend in sports.